guys, welcome to the OSL Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Our guest today is Emily Wilson, and Emily Wilson is the communications manager here at Oaks Church. She works within Oaks Creative, and she's a phenomenal young leader and has done an incredible job upgrading our communications here at Oaks Church. So I'm so glad that she's with us today. And we also have Micaiah, Micaiah Skelton, who is our resource manager here with the Oaks School Leadership, and he is with us here today as well. So say hi, everyone. Hello. Very hey. excited about being on this episode. Awesome. Yeah, I'm cool. excited you're on this episode too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Micaiah is <laughs> officially here. Cue yeah. the hand claps on your computer. Oh, <laughs> real hand claps. Okay. Real hand claps. Awesome. Come on. Awesome. Cool. So, Emily, hey. tell us a little bit about yourself like uh, so our audience can get some yeah. context. What What are the big things in your life these days that yeah. are not necessarily church related? Oh, yeah, totally. So I just got married about a year ago. Awesome. Um, so that's obviously And a I big like that thing. guy. I like that guy too. He's a really great guy. We all know him. He works here as well. We just celebrated our anniversary this week. So it's officially been a year. Congratulations. We, thank you. Thank you. We moved into <laughs> a house about two months ago, which has been awesome too. And he just officially told me, y'all don't know the struggle I've been going through. He officially told me that I could get a dog. Wow. And it's Whoa, taken okay. this long, but he officially told me I can get a dog. And so it'll be present for a graduation uh, benchmark later down the road. So not right away, but it's coming. Wow. It took Praise him a full year? It took him a full year, y'all. He so, did not want a dog. <laughs> Clearly. So, do you know what kind of dog? Yeah, we're going to get a Cavapoo. It will be a girl. Okay. And I don't have a name. That's all I know wow. right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. excited about it. That's awesome. Yeah. So you things. you mentioned graduation. Is that something you're going to graduate from soon or what? Are you? Um. In- yeah. So I, I'm, to be candid, I'm 22 years old. Started college at 18 like most people do when they're going to college. And I went to Nashville for two years. Mm. And loved it. Yeah. Midway through, towards the end of my sophomore year there, I started to date Hunter, who is my husband, yeah. and realized pretty quick that we were probably going to get married quickly, and that was a big priority to me. So decided that I was going to transfer schools online and move back to Dallas. Yeah. And since then, I've been taking classes slowly while working full-time at another location and then here for a year. Yeah. And I will graduate probably in the spring of next year. Okay. Yeah. Is it still music business? It is still music oh, business. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. super Sounds close cool. too. Yeah. True. Sounds very cool. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So that's been a journey and yeah. doing school and working at the same time. And singing because you lead worship. Yes. For us. All those things at the same time and being married. Do you still write songs? I do. I yeah. do. It's kind of been something that while I was in college, it was off of the you know top priority list, but yeah. in recently it's come back. Okay. Fun. Okay. Worship type songs are just, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very cool. So what about the church? Like explain a little bit about what you do here. Yeah. I, okay. So when I was hired, I was hired to do digital marketing management and what fell under that was social media management, email marketing. And we were doing, we were doing podcasts too. And so that fall, fell under there and anything that really had to do with telling people what was going on at the Oaks through digital means. That's what I handled. Mm-hmm. Just this past month, I got promoted to be the communications manager I now handle everything under that communications umbrella and digital marketing is like one facet of it. So there's three major categories and I now get to manage all of them, which is really fun. I'm finding out. I'm really liking it a lot. Yeah. So what are the biggest 
rocks that you have to move in your position? We've been kind of talking about it in our department, like defense and offense. And so those might be my big rocks. Yeah. Defense is like making sure the website's up to date, making sure that our programs are correct and that they're going to be available on Sundays, making sure our e-newsletter goes out. That's the kind of defense stuff like that has to get done. There's not much forward thinking about those things when you just have to get them done, just have to get them done. So, yeah. And then offense would be digital marketing kind of plays into that. And then thinking ahead of like, okay, wait a minute, the program, the way we're doing it, does that actually work effectively? Is that getting results? And yeah. like taking everything and looking at it, is this working or not? Yeah. So in three years, assuming you're in the same position yeah, and you didn't have any limits on finances or anything or, or whatever, and it's, and it's working really, really well, what does that look like? I would say what we're trying to accomplish in three years, no limits, just streaming, would be we're reaching people online effectively. You want to put content out there but you want to make sure your content is performing well. So I want to see our, our content performing at a level where we're actually getting the results we're looking for. We're getting the engagement rates and the click-through rates and the going to website rates. That's a big goal at this point is to actually be doing that at a level where we're all like, oh my gosh, it's working. It's yeah. going so well. So that's how you determine if it's successful, if, yeah. if people are engaging. Yeah, you can actually look at the data later. It's kind of a new thing I'm realizing and big corporations have figured it out at this point on how to take digital marketing and generate really great reports to see, especially if those big corporations are sales driven. Yeah. In those situations, it's really easy to get data that helps. In church situations, we found it's hard to quantify if this $20 ad we put on a Facebook post actually got someone to sit down on a Sunday morning. It's yeah. really hard to track that. Yeah. So at this point in the game, I would hope in three years that the industry has improved on that and we there's more resources to do and find that stuff easily. But that's something we're really trying to, to build at this point. We want to be very data driven so that we know we've got a lot of cool ideas around this place, yeah. but we want to make sure our cool ideas are working. Yeah. That's probably a big goal of mine. How do you know that your content is performing well, whether it would be on Instagram or Facebook? Yeah. With that. The ways that you are going to look and go, okay, is this working or not? You're going to choose metrics that mm. you decide are important for whatever you're working for. If you are a company that sells t-shirts, a metric you would be looking for is sales. How much yeah, money makes are you making? Yeah. Okay. But because we are a nonprofit and we're a church organization, we're not looking for sales. So the, the metrics that we're looking for at this point on social media would be our engagement rate. Okay. And engagement can be broken down to different categories. We can get deep on that if you want. But we're really looking for engagement rate and we're looking for our click-through rate, which means did they click this button and did it take them to the website? Ah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Okay. That, at this point, that's what we can quantify and track. And so an engagement rate is a... Engagement rate is it, it is kind of self-explanatory high level. Engagement is like, are people engaging with the post like are they commenting yes or sharing yeah so the, the categories that sum up to your engagement rate would be liking commenting sharing depending on your platform video views that kind of stuff literally is someone actually paying attention to this or not so what do we use them i mean like what is our if you had to boil it down to one platform that is the most successful for us yeah. what is it this might be a surprise to some but by far and away it's still facebook for sure Maybe it's not a surprise to some, but for me, honestly, it was a little bit to come in and go, oh my gosh, Facebook is still leaps and bounds beyond Instagram and Twitter and even YouTube. But that might be because of our target audience that we have as a church. Because they're yeah, older they're, families. And, yeah, we yeah. say, uh, you might have talked about it already with some other previous guests on this podcast, but our target person is, we call him Ellis County Eric. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in our description. He's like a 35-year-old family man. I guess that makes sense it, that that age group is still very prominent on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. 
So if you're a youth pastor, yeah, what social media would you be looking for to target more so high schoolers? Oh yeah, I mean Instagram and Twitter. Instagram sure. and Twitter. Yeah. Facebook is still valuable for youth pastors, I would say at this point, because you're still wanting to communicate with parents. I would imagine most youth pastors are looking to communicate with the parents as well so facebook is not out of the question for them but mm -hmm. um, instagram and twitter are where at that age group tend to be heavily involved youtube as well um but and, if you're ever and the other one and the other one that snapchat one yeah that's snapchat, snapchat. One. yes which is okay. actually one of my next questions yeah oh go ahead oh, you want me to just ask it? <laughs> yeah what's that question you got <laughs> okay so i'm going to tell a little story and mm -hmm. i'm not pushing back on what you just said at all but i'm no, just stating what what it actually happened yeah so i teach economics at the university down oh, the road at Saigu. i actually didn't know that and it's more of a fun hobby that i do that's pretty so cool i do that on the side and every semester i i ask my class it's one of the, maybe within the first few classes i say i want to take a poll on what social media platforms you're using 22 students in the class i had one over the age of 22 she was 29 she was the only one in the class using twitter Wow. Wow. So then I took a poll on Instagram. I had four of them using Instagram, mm -hmm. but they used it rarely. In fact, other people, most of the other class, most of the rest of the class had Instagram, but they hardly ever checked it. So they were like, what do you post on there? I'm like, yeah, I post some stuff on there. How many yeah. posts do you have? 400, which I thought was like nothing. Yeah. They were like, man, that's a lot of posts. So why do you post? So much? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? I, there are people I know that have thousands and thousands of posts. I thought this was hardly any. Mm -hmm. What was interesting Number one, I was shocked that only one person used Twitter yeah. and she was 29. She was older. The other thing was they're all using Snapchat. So my question on here is what are, are we using Snapchat? Would we use Snapchat? Mm -hmm. And is that basically the number one platform that they're using? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. If you're talking about for, I guess, channels? I guess, I guess uh, late high school, early college. Yes. Snapchat, of course. And I think the reason it didn't come to my mind is because I am day in, day out working with the 35-year-old man in oh, mind. okay. I would say most of them aren't on Snapchat, but that's just, yeah. a, you know. That's probably true. Yes, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> um, totally Snapchat would be incredibly important for youth ministries to be using yeah. as well because if they're spending their time there, that's where you want to be as well. With social media, like we just talked about Snapchat, there's so much social media and the fact that it's evolving yeah. so much, and I know that each social media has its own algorithms mm -hmm. and new mm -hmm. features that are constantly coming yeah. out. How do you keep up with the evolving, changing yeah. uh, platform of social media to where one social media was really popular and then all of a sudden, three years later, that social media isn't popular anymore for that yeah. age group? How do you keep up with those evolving yeah. changes in social media? Yeah, I would say the answer to that is really, obviously, you just got to be listening. And mm. that's kind of an interesting way to put it when you're actually like looking with your eyes at a social media platform. But um, the idea of listening actually does come back to data analytics. If you ask mm. me to, you've just got to keep paying attention to what's going on. And if that means for you that you're keeping up to date with industry blogs so that, you know, like day of when an algorithm has changed, then that might be your answer. But also you can keep coming back to if, if you're taking quality analytics and if you've got, if, if you really value that, then you're going to be able to see if one month to the other, for some reason, instantly. Instagram isn't performing as well. And that might be a question mark for you. And if you see that repeatedly over the next couple of months, that it's going to force you into a decision at that point. In that example, if you realize that something has changed, it forces you into a decision of, okay, I'm going to have to change something too. And because this data that you're working with comes from the audiences that are looking at your content, that's why you can trust it. Hmm, that makes sense. So if your audience is 16 to 18 year olds over three months, 
all of a sudden there's this new platform that comes out or it is and there's no more Instagram engagement the way it used to be, then you're going to take notice of that. You you can trust that data because it's coming from the people you're targeting. And so honestly, that's what be my answer to your question overall is you've just got to listen and and by listening I mean look at your data on what your audience is actually doing and then follow their lead no that totally makes sense you want to be able to listen to them yeah since they are your audience yeah exactly definitely makes sense do do you have a strategy for each platform is it different yeah yes I do do you mean like the content we're putting out like yeah so the content you put on Facebook is it a different strategy than what you put on Instagram or Twitter yes a little bit our different strategies for Facebook versus Instagram versus Twitter is if you're looking at social media and if this is your nine to five job, like you'll notice that on Facebook videos perform much better than a, just a simple graphic. And that translates into Instagram as well. Graphics tend to perform a little bit better on Instagram than they do on Facebook. And then on Twitter, you can get away with a lot more of just single line copy, no graphic, no video type post on Twitter. So we try to change up if we're talking about Father's Day to talk about Father's Day on all three of those platforms at one time, I will try to make sure that on Facebook, we've definitely got a video that goes with it because that's going to get more engagement at the end of the day. On Instagram, you can kind of go either way, whether it's a series of photos or a video, you'll get good engagement with that. And then on Twitter, I usually put a graphic with it, but if if need be, and we just need a short little punchy sentence, that's fine on Twitter too. With the evolution of Instagram and Facebook stories, how has that changed kind of the engagement that you were talking about earlier, especially since a lot of people are definitely using those type of tools to their advantage on social media? Yeah. Oh, totally. That's another thing that comes back to just listening and seeing if, if that's what your audience likes more. We've noticed that if we post a video on our Insta story, or if we post that same video as a feed post, we tend to get about 200 more views wow. per Insta story. Than That's on a big the, difference. That's a big difference. And you know what that tells me is that people are on Insta stories. That's where they're giving their attention. So because of that, we're going to go where they are. If that's what they're looking, that's where we're going to be. Well, so. some of that, does any of that have to do with the fact that there's an algorithm on the posts? And maybe, is there an algorithm on the stories? I think it's just a matter of what you like to click on. Yeah, no, I think that uh, it's this, the algorithm applies the same to the same to both. Too. Yeah, it's just, a, I think algorithm. what that, yeah, I think I what that, that dumb means. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody does. I even noticed today a couple small businesses posted in my feed. I saw it's like a graphic and they're like, yeah. hey, that algorithm's being annoying again. Would you go ahead and like my stuff? I saw like three people do that today. Oh, yeah. Or Which, you see a post from nine days ago. Yeah. Like, what? Wait. How is this what? relevant anymore? It's yeah. nine days ago. <laughs> yeah. It's like 4th of July, but it's a week later. Yeah. Yeah. What? yeah. Oh, that's great. With scheduling of the posts, I know I try my absolute best yeah. to be as current as possible. I don't think I'm doing the best job with my social media. I think you're doing good. Yeah, yeah, definitely trying. Do you actually schedule a post or do you just create a graph and be like, ah, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna post it today. Do you, is there a thought process as far as a back off plan? with you scheduling the post for each of the social media platforms? Yes. Uh, We try to be pretty methodical when it comes to scheduling. Uh Um, But when I say methodical, that doesn't mean our system is very complicated. Hmm. But we just try to be, maybe a better word would be proactive when it comes to scheduling our content. Thankfully in our organization, I don't know about for y'all, but we do this thing called MOD, Monthly One Day, where we all, everybody on staff sits in a room and somebody reads through that calendar of what's happening in the church the next six months, day by day. Yep. For me, it actually ends up being pretty helpful. So (laughs) I get to sit there and I get to listen to if it's 
uh, June today, I get to listen to what's happening in December. Yeah. And if I have my calendar open, which is not a very complicated calendar, I'll say it's literally just a, a Google Doc that I've mm-hmm. made kind of look like a calendar and it's got four slots per day. Yeah. I can go in and if they're saying we've got seventh grade party that's going to be happening on December 17th and that's a Thursday, yeah. then I know in my head, okay, I need to tell people about that a little bit before because you don't want to tell them day of or people can't come, you know? So that's in my true. head, when I hear someone yeah. say that out loud, there's going to be a seventh grade party on December 17th and that's a Thursday. I think, okay, I need to put that probably a week before. So whatever, December 10th, I put seventh grade house party. Oh, yeah. So good. So I try to be pretty proactive in that. And again, like I said, if you were to look at my calendar right now, that's all my calendar says. It's just a seventh grade house party. So that when it comes to December, I might have to go back and ask somebody, hey, what's this about? What's going on with this day? What house is it at? You know, but at least I don't. It doesn't slip through the cracks yeah. at that point. It doesn't have to be complicated. We just try to be pretty proactive about scheduling because we find it helps us organizationally. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, We yes. don't forget things later. Are there any tools that you use for that? Yes. I love, L-O-V-E, Buffer. Do you know what Buffer is? I've heard of Buffer. Buffer. Okay, Buffer. Buffer Buffer is awesome. If you're sitting there going, hey, I know of a lot of different scheduling platforms. There's like Hootsuite. There's Agora Pulse. There's Buffer. I usually tell people I love Buffer the most and I would suggest Buffer. It's what we use. If you're a small organization, if you're a small ministry and you're not planning on scheduling ahead, more than like a week it works for you and you can have a free version of the website and it's, you can post like 10 posts in advance we use the paid version and it lets us do 100 posts in advance which has worked out pretty well for us so far that's incredible scheduling yes it's awesome and it wow. lets you do most of these platforms do but what it lets you do is you load your content and then you say schedule for all and it splits it into twitter facebook pinterest whatever you've got loaded and that way if you're like saying hey at oaks worship is doing this event that works for Instagram, you know, because you can click on that. That doesn't work for Facebook. So it splits it up into different platforms so you can edit as needed. It also lets you do a first comment, like schedule your first comment on Instagram. I love that feature. And recently they just released a new analyze platform on Buffer 2, which as we're saying, coming back to data analytics, I love that. Gives me really great data about what's been happening with our posts after they get posted. So Buffer, L-O-V-E, I love that thing. Very cool. Yeah. So if someone was going to start, let's say their social media is not in a good place and they wanted to start, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, are there some good principles on starting? Yeah. Starting that up? I think one thing that I heard that I learned that I carried with me and I still try to think about regularly today is that, especially if you're a ministry, especially if you're, if you're a platform that's going to be asking people to do things, like that's your main thing is at the end of the day, you're asking someone to come to something. You got to remember too, that People don't love to be sold to all the time. People don't love to be asked to do stuff all the time. And so this helpful tip that I heard, still try to remember today, is called jab, 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 right hook. Have y'all heard that? Yep. Yeah. Gary Vee. I've never heard that. Yes. I think Gary Vee is a smart guy. He says some cuss words sometimes. Some. (laughs) Some. (laughs) So if you're, yeah, I've read all of those books. Yeah. I watched the first hundred Daily Vs. Yeah. I haven't made it 12, but. (laughs) He's up, he's up to about 600 now, Makai. Wow. Man, wow. I need to get started on that then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm behind. He's pretty cool. This is his, yeah, this is his concept. And it's something that has really been helpful for me is jab, 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 right hook. What that means is I'm going to say this example like I know what I'm talking about. I have known nothing about boxing, but this is where he draws it from. Evidently, in boxing, <laughs> when you watch a match and they do ding, 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 and it starts and the two guys come out from the corners, what you're not going to see in that moment at the very beginning is you're not going to see 
either of those guys start swinging right hooks right away. That doesn't work because... Their biggest punch. Yeah, yeah their biggest punch. Mm, yeah. Because their opponent, it's the beginning of the match. They've got all their endurance left. They're not going to start out with their biggest right hook because their opponent can dodge it. But if that, what you will see instead is that they're going to be jabbing at their opponent to try to break down their endurance so that when they actually do throw that right hook, it lands way more effectively. And so that's the parallel story. What we are not trying to do here with InstaStory or Instagram or any social profiles, we're not trying to break people down by any means yeah. or hit them in the face. What we are trying to do, if you take that principle, is if you just start right out the gate yelling and screaming and saying, hey, come to youth, come to youth, come to youth, come, like people are going to start to tune that out at some point. They're mm. going to feel like, ah, I don't know enough about this. Uh, it, it, it's not going to land as effectively as you want it to. The idea here is that jabs in this situation equal adding value. So you want to jab, 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 add value, add value, add value to these people so that by the time you throw that right hook, you ask them to come to youth. They feel like they trust you. They feel like they know you. They feel like you've added value to their life. So they are way more willing to even consider the idea of coming to you. So that was something for me that I have tried to practically instill into my calendar every single week. Every single week, we've got to talk about something here at Oaks Church, whether it be growth track, whether it be Father's Day, whatever is going on. We have to sell to people a lot because we have a lot going on. We do. We have a lot going on. So for every ask that we've got going, yeah. we do three ad value posts. And for us, that can look like a Sunday sermon clip, reminding them of what they learned on the Sunday. So we're adding ba- value back to them on a Tuesday. Yeah, It can look like scripture. It can look like telling them of helpful opportunities they have with their kids if they're a parent and they might want this resource or something like that. That's what I, if you're new and you're like, I am just starting, we're not at a good spot right now. We want to get to a good spot. Add value before you start selling. Just keep adding value, and I believe your results are going to be a lot better. Speaking of adding value, yeah, I recently, I think I saw it in the Wall Street Journal, they had an article about how they said a third of millennials are leaving social media because they feel like it makes them socially unhappy. Hmm. Yeah. And I wondered if, do we as a church and part of our social media strategy think about things like that and how people are reacting to social media, and do we try to bring hope through social media? Can real change happen? Yeah. Through a social media platform. Yeah, totally. I know I keep saying that we're asking like our final call to action is like come to youth, come to youth or come to the service. That's not actually the final thing. What we're actually looking for at the end of the day is we do want them to come to youth, but that's because we want them to sit there and hear about Jesus and hopefully their lives can change and find peace and they find happiness and they find a purpose for their life. That's the final thing. If there was a spreadsheet, that's the last thing you want to see. A great way to add value is to do just that, is to make people feel a little bit of what they could feel when they have Jesus and when they come to this church for the first time or wherever they're coming for the first time is show them a little bit about what that might be like tell a story about a person who just went through salvation show them what that hope could look like show them what the other side looks like and that is a great way to add value to people especially on social media where everything tends to be a little more lucrative it tends to be a little more shallow and superficial sometimes yeah yeah Yeah. and so you want to bring the real yeah right and people love that yeah I've been backstage on a Sunday morning whenever we use a tool, you know, Facebook Live yeah. for us to be able to go live and yeah. people are giving their lives to God yeah. on Facebook. Exactly. 
and yeah. we have online hosts leading them through that. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how Instagram Live and Facebook Live, mm-hmm. how nonprofits, businesses, and even ministries can actually use that to change lives, yeah. whether it would be through their services or their yeah. vision of what they're trying to communicate? Yeah, totally. I, I'm a big proponent of if you got a service, anything like that, especially if, if we're talking to people who have churches and ministries. I'm trying to think of another situation. If you're a nonprofit and you've got an event going on, don't be afraid to live stream that thing. Don't feel like you have to keep it carefully for the people in the room. Mm. It, show people what that's like because it's like an icebreaker for them. They're watching it live. They kind of get a, an idea of what it would be like if they showed up. So it helps them feel more comfortable to the idea of, okay, maybe I could go there on a Sunday or maybe I could go to the next, something like that. Whether it be Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or however you decide to do it. It gives people the idea of you of what you're about, what it's going to be like for them if they come. And it gives them a sense of authenticity because like you said, sometimes social media can feel a little curated and like you're only getting to see the best parts of it. If it's live, you're going to see what happens no matter what happens. That's true. Authenticity is a great way to get people to trust you. Live is a great thing for that. Even if you're like a a new youth pastor and you're like, I need to gain some trust with these parents. I just started and they have no idea who I am and I'm, you know, ministering to their kids. Going live can be helpful for you in that situation too. If you're just in your car and you've been praying and you feel like the Lord is telling you something for your kids, as in your youth group, go live. Just go ahead and grab your phone, pull it up and say, hey guys, I was just sitting here praying and I feel like this is what the Lord's telling us for this upcoming service. And I just want to go ahead and tell you now, just go ahead and put that out there. That's really good. Yeah. And it kind of gives the parents a behind the scenes look yeah. into the process that you even take and the care that you take for their kids. Exactly. That's so good. Authenticity. Yeah. Do whatever you can to put that out into the world, like on social media. Mm. And Gen Z and millennials, they want that too, right? Yeah. yeah like my generation is, no, let's make sure it's perfect first. Yeah. <laughs> Before you do anything, make yeah. sure everything's perfect and then you don't end up doing anything. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> it's never perfect. But yeah. this generation, at least... I see my kids, like, they want that raw, behind-the-scenes, authentic feel. That's why people like behind-the-scenes videos. Uh, Those are my favorite. Exactly. You want to see, like, what went wrong. I like them more than the movie. Yeah. (laughs) I want to see how the movie was made, you know, sometimes more than the movie. With Oaks Church's social media, one Mm -hmm. thing that I've really noticed that Oaks Church does extremely well is our vision statement here at the Oaks is growing generations that transform communities. I see that in our post, and I feel that even through the videos. Yeah. If you are a church or a business, how do you broadcast your vision? Yeah. So that way your viewer really understands what you believe and why you do what you do. Yeah. A big phrase that we use over in the creative team is we like to celebrate what we want to see happen in the future. So if we're growing generations that transform communities, if we've got kids going on a youth mission trip to Manhattan, Kansas, we're going to celebrate that because... People want to see what you care about so on social true. media. And that's a great way to do it. I was, That's the mindset that we try to keep is we're going to celebrate our vision statement. When people go, actually follow through with what our vision statement is and people get it and people are bought into what we're bought into, we yeah. celebrate that because that's what we want to see happen with everyone else as well. As if we're going generations that transform communities, we're going to celebrate when a younger generation is transforming their community or when an older generation is transforming their community. Yeah. Whatever your vision statement is, celebrate the heck out of it when people actually get it and catch on. That's so and good. I would say our like props to our video team. They do a great job at yeah, capturing yeah, that they do. videos. So I get to kind of reap from the benefits of that is they take those videos and we get to use them on Sunday mornings, but I get to use them too. We get to celebrate people well with that. And I really like that part of my job is telling stories and getting to celebrate wins with people. We do a really good job behind the yes, scenes supporting mm-hmm. each department. You do an excellent job with it. Thank you very much. 
You're welcome. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on today, Emily. Yeah. Appreciate you coming, spending some time with us, yeah. and hopefully you can come on again. Soon. I would love to. Though. All right. We'll see you. Bye, you guys. <laughs>